Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Today, we are going to be doing the final installment of the Twin Flames universe, which is exciting and also, like, kind of glad it's over. (laughs) I don't ever want to look at Jeff's face again. But in last episode, you said you wanted to interview him and all this other shit, Jessica. (laughs) Uh, I know. I can change my mind. I'm a woman. I have the prerogative. (laughs) Uh, but before we do that, if you want to hang out with us on social media, you can do so by heading over to Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. We are, it's Three Spooked Girls is the handle. If you want to hang out with a group of like-minded individuals, head over to our Facebook group. It is Three Spooked Girls Official. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash Three Spooked Girls or in the show notes. The show notes is really like the best place. There's a link tree that'll take you to like everywhere you want to go to find Three Spooked Girls stuff. So definitely check that out. But for little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode per month five and up get video content so there's always like fun things happening there you get ad free episodes the day before just definitely check it out and if it's something you want to do we appreciate it it helps support the show Mm -hmm. this bustling holiday season you might be looking for nutritious flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. Cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with Factor. Skip the meal planning, the grocery shopping, which is a nightmare during this time of year, all of the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up that comes with meal planning each week. And instead, get Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals delivered to your door. Head to factormeals.com slash spookedgirls50 and use code spookedgirls50 to get 50% off. That's code spookedgirls50 at factormeals.com slash spookedgirls50 to get 50% off. You ready to dive into this shitstorm? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this is, again, it's the Amazon Prime, and it has the longest fucking title of a documentary I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, which is why it is not the title of our (laughs) recap, because I was like, I am not doing that. So I was like, Twin Flames Universe, that's what we're talking about, which we do mention the Netflix one, too. So I feel like our decision on that was valid. So it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> still like <laughs> desperately seeking soulmate, escaping the twin flame universe. Escaping twin flames universe. Da, da, da. It starts off with Jeff talking about Christ, and really he's suggesting that he's the second coming of Christ, which is very interesting because if you are part of the Christian faith, you kind of understand that that kind of language and that kind of intention screams antichristy. I was like, he believes that he's the master Christ, so he's the image of the master Christ. I don't even know what that means. What is that? I've never heard that term. I never heard of it. Okay, so this is a Jeff thing. Okay, I was like, I have to ask Jessica about that because I don't know. I thought about Googling (laughs) it, but I was like, I cannot give this man more energy in my life. (laughs) No, I just assumed I didn't know what he was talking about partially because I was like very church adjacent, not ever actually fully, fully into it besides a couple times to church camp. I've never heard anyone refer to Christ as as the master Christ. So that was definitely interesting. Also, he thinks that he's Christ because he looks like the picture that we all have of Jesus Christ. That's not even what he looked like. Right, because Jesus was definitely like, you know, Middle Eastern. Yeah. Because he's from Jerusalem. Yeah, the creepy picture they have in their house that they're comparing himself to, like... Is the one of from Leonardo da Vinci, which was his gay lover. Which I think is hilarious that Christians have this, like, in their house everywhere, like, this picture of this deity that they, like, love. And they're like, oh my god, look at Jesus with his blonde hair and blue eyes, and he's just perfect. And it's like, Leonardo da Vinci was like, I'm gonna paint this dude, and then we're gonna bone. Wow, that almost makes me want to buy one. And just when people are like, oh, it's a cool picture of Jesus, you'd be like, "Uh uh-uh. It's Leonardo da Vinci's gay lover. (laughs) And I just think that it's funny that like Jeff is like, I am the embodiment of Christ because I look like this Mm. picture. And it's like, you don't even look like Jesus. You look like an Italian dude. You look like if like maybe someone got a image of Jesus off Timu or Wish. I love that. (laughs) We're going to call him the Wish Jesus. The Wish Jesus. Yeah. Okay. The Wish version of Jesus. Yeah. That's your new title, Jeff. Wish Jesus. Not Master Christ. Wish Jesus. Can I mention real quick before we like get too into this what I discovered today with their um, Instagram and all that? Oh, yeah, please do. Okay. So the Twin Flames Universe Instagram that had like 40,000 followers is gone. And at first I was like, oh, fuck, maybe they found us and like blocked us, right? <laughs> That'd be great. I was like, damn. And then I went the extra mile. No, it's it's definitely gone. I was like, Ashley, this is what happened. And then she went and looked. She's like, no, it's gone. And I was like, all right, bet. So that's gone. And then after I uh, looked some more, I also found out that Jeff comments are limited they were not previously because when i first started watching all this i of course went and looked up everything and you could find the twin flames universe group that's mentioned in this document Mm -hmm. in both documentaries but now i'm assuming they've probably had an influx of people trying to join to be you know nosy or cause issues to these people Mm -hmm. so i would assume it's probably like secret now because like i think that's the setting where you can't like by invite only yeah i think that's like what's going on. I thought that was just extremely interesting that they had done that. I can't remember if what's her name? Megan. I don't know. (laughs) I refuse to call her the other name now. Sorry. I don't remember if her comments were limited or not, but Jeff's were for sure. (laughs) They're fully aware of what's going on. (laughs) Oh, I mean, how could they not at this point? I mean, they put out statements. So yeah, but like still they know they're fucked. (laughs) The interesting thing about this is so Allison Hines, who is the reporter, she did the interview with them in 2020. So I was like, holy shit, that's so like, that's more than three years ago. It was in June of 2020. Oh, speaking of that, because she mentioned that there was like 17,000 people in that group. Well, when I checked a few weeks ago, it was at 51,000. And their like page is now up to 75,000. And that was an increase too, but I don't remember what that one was. It's probably a lot of people are 
like there was probably a huge influx of people like after the documentaries came out. I thought about it to be nosy, but then I got scared. So I didn't. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, I want to <laughs> join, but then I don't want to join. <laughs> right. If anyone listening joined, please, please let us know what's going on. <laughs> please send screenshots. We will protect your identity. <laughs> right. It's so weird. This Twin Flames, everyone knows about it. Like this guy I work with, he's like a super, he's like older and he's just kind of like super conservative, like grandpa vibes. He was like, what are you guys doing on the podcast? And I was like, oh, we're talking about Twin Flames universe. And he goes, oh, it's been stalking me on Netflix. Should I watch it? I was like, watch the Amazon Prime one. And then he was like, oh, that's what I'm going to do this weekend. So I feel like a Especially after we had COVID and everything, our society's very much in a documentary like consuming era. Oh, for sure. A lot more now. I think Tiger King had a lot to do with that. Mm, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because I think Tiger King was so like absurd in its realm that like people were like normally who wouldn't watch documentaries were like, I have to fucking watch Tiger King. And then I think people were like, oh, I could consume documentaries. Agreed. Look at Joe Exotic helping the world. Wow. <laughs> Never thought that sentence would come out of anyone's mouth. <laughs> hey, it's just about watching documentaries, so it's not that crazy. No, I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so in June 2020, she's convinced Vanity Fair, because mind you, in the last episode we talked about, she reached out to Jeff after, I believe it was like a New Yorker or like a New York magazine. It was a Vice. Or Vice, yeah. Article that had come out about, <laughs> I made it super fancy. <laughs> I mean, Vice is pretty big. Didn't they have like a TV channel or some shit? Oh, but like the New Yorker is like poshy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So is, I'm so sorry. I'm like, everyone hates me right now because I won't shut up. Why would they hate you? I don't know because I just keep <laughs> interrupting you. But uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> they're like, just get to the goods, Jess. And Dara's like, no. No, it's fine. Sorry. <laughs> just kidding. No, I love this. Where would you put Vice on like the level? Like people. Like people. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, the New Yorker is going to be, like, (laughs) hoity-toity. And then, like, the New York magazine's a little up there, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Alice convinces Vanity Fair to send her. And Jeff and Shalia are like, come to our house. Let's do this. And I think it's really interesting because she, like, they live in this town called Sutton Bay. And they live in on this, like, hill. And it's very, like, closed community, like, type thing. Like, gated community. And it's a very beautiful-looking house. Like, it's very, very pretty. I was like, ooh, that is... Is pretty hell yeah that fucking that pool in that hot tub i was like i hate you guys so much i know it's like <laughs> tara let's, well, apparently we're doing it all wrong we should start a cult yep let's do it we'll do a harmless cult okay <laughs> i just i want it to be about unicorns and eating taco bell this is thrice i've mentioned that on the podcast okay this is how today's gonna go guys sorry <laughs> if you're new well if you're new you've obviously listened to the other ones and you know i'm not this i usually shut up during recaps but this one i can't i just can't okay so here's our cult rules real quick so you have to participate in unicorn onesie mm-hmm. oh i have that we'll get taco bell and then uh we'll watch whatever fucking shit we're recapping <laughs> any kind of true crime or paranormal and you're set yeah that's it <laughs> then you're in the three spooked girls cult done yes oh my god if you guys actually buy unicorn onesies please take photos and post them in the group oh i'm gonna look on amazon i have a unicorn onesie i still have my tiger one shout out 2020 again I still have my tiger. Yeah. Oh my God. Shout out 2020 and Joe Exotic. <laughs> How is this becoming a Joe Exotic episode? You know what? It's the end of the year. We're recording in the daytime, which always messes us up. So it's just happening. <laughs> 
Wait, you know what it is? We have more energy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, at night, we're, like, tired and we're like, okay, we got to get through this shit. And now I'm like, I just had caffeine. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so she gets there. They're getting the tour. Oh, and the thing that made me super jealous, too, they were like, oh, yeah, we don't like cold water. And I'm like, you're just adding more to my dream of what I want. <laughs> I know. They're like, it's heated. And I was like, well, you live in fucking Michigan. Of course your pool is heated. Yeah. Like, it would be really dumb if it was a cold pool. Even if I lived here at my house, like here, I would still want it heated. But you have a pool. No, but you know what I mean. Like a real one, like an in-ground one. I mean, I know mine's still a real one, but it's an above-ground pool. I was like, I'm pretty sure I spent an entire week in your pool in July. Pretty much lived in our pool this summer, yes. I get it now. I get it. So they're like going to give her a house tour. And mind you, she was really worried when she was going. So she shared her location with like her fiance and like her family. I would definitely share my location with Tara. Actually, Tara and I just have shared locations. Just on. Yeah. The part that pissed me off is they were like walking in and like, you know, like that moment, like when someone comes to your house and like you realize something doesn't look like perfect or posh or whatever, like their lawn had hella weeds in it and had like clover up the ass and they were like oh we have a yard guy and he said that this is the best way to do it and I was like oh my god that yard guy looked at you two and went dumb asses and went it's gonna come out here and mow not gonna clean it up not gonna keep your weeds out you know what good for him they scam so many people good for him right I was like the scammers are being scammed by their lawn guy (laughs) I know I saw that and I was like "Mm, no even me a person who has never mowed a lawn in my life even I knew I was like hmm no. Lies and fuckery. Lies and fuckery. <laughs> While she was there, Alice was like, I'm not going to bring up anything controversial because she had talked to so many people in the community and they were like, they're crazy. And uh, most of these people had only interacted with them like via Zoom. Pretty much everyone. Yeah. Besides like yeah. people we'll get into later, but like probably 90 to 95% of their community. I would say like 99% of their community. Yeah, I'm sure. I've never interacted with them personally. And their house wasn't fully decorated yet. Like they were in the process of decorating things. And there was like a hallway with like all these different like religious deities. And of course, the Jesus was in the middle. One of the things that they have, if you watch the Netflix documentary, they like kind of joke about them more are these giant crystals. They talk about them in the Netflix documentaries a little more. They're like $20,000 crystals. They have like two of these. Shalia apparently communes with them and the crystals talk to her and like tell her things. Of course they do. You know when they're like, we're channeling God? This is what they're doing. They're talking to the fucking crystals. And the crystals tell her things. And the crystals have genders. One is male and one is masculine and one is feminine. Of course. Which is like a big thing here. And I want to kind of stop for a second and be like, if you are triggered by like gender dysphoria or any kind of like negative talk around like gender identification, this is not an episode for you. Yeah. Or at least kind of like look up a little bit what it is we're going to go into just so Mm -hmm. you're prepared because it is. It, it's it's so fucked. It's so fucked. Yeah, it, everything that comes down into their life, something that's said later by a woman named Jules, but I think is appropriate here, is that like they need heterosexual normity, even if it's through transgenderism. Mm-hmm. And you can start seeing this in the crystals that she has because she has one female and one masculine, like one feminine and one masculine. And she channels them and they talk to her. Another thing is, is that like Alice really wanted to like film them filming. And Jeff was like, we're going to bring Alice in. And so... 
she was on basically like one of the classes. They interviewed her on the on there and they were really trying to push her to like say her intentions, but also get her to like confirm that she believed in what they were doing. And I think that the biggest problem that Jeff and Shalia don't get is that they're going to say what the person wants to hear so they can get the story. They have to be non-biased. Like, they can't... Right. If you're a really good journalist, yes, your biases are eventually going to come out, especially in, like, really, like, passionate pieces. But you're supposed to look at things with an unbiased eye to get the whole truth. And so she was just going in. She talked to all of these people and she was getting their side of it. So she was probably just feeling him out and feeling them out and feeling what was going on and kind of reciprocating that energy. Though is creepy because she said like, <laughs> Jeff would just like stare at her. Oh my God. Yeah. And the way she like described his eyes, she's like, they were like these penetrating like blue green eyes. And I was like, I'd have just been like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like, stop staring at me. It's not nice. (laughs) But to her point, like if you were insecure or you had, you know, self doubt and this person is just eye contact staring at you. It's a tactic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's probably met a lot of people in his life that this has worked on. And so he just keeps like, I'm going to be really honest. There's nothing special that Jeff and Shalia are doing. They're just using like normal manipulative tactics. Yeah. They just figured out a way to target really vulnerable people. And that's the only difference between them and probably like your run of the mill narcissist. Mm -hmm. And then because of this platform, they're like, oh, well, I have to be grandeur, which is like they want to be master Christ. Right. Because they're on this. They've put themselves on this pedestal. Right. And they believe that the spiritual hierarchy of their ascension in this in this cult, well, not to them a cult, but like an ascension in their religious structure means that they need material wealth. The higher they're up, the more wealth they should get. And to them, they're on track with what they're thinking. Like, talk about people who like probably like visualized and like manifested shit. Oh, yeah. We saw in like episode one where he said he's meant to be wealthy. Right. And then he's wealthy. Here's the thing. I had a thought when they were talking about that. So the thing is, of course, obviously, because they're materialistic, they want all of that. But like... They can use that to their benefit. They could be like, look, we're in our true harmonious union. Look how successful we are. Look at what we have built. Don't you want that? That's how they get people. That's how they get them into being coaches too. They're like, look at our house. Look at our cars. Look at our fucking fancy ass shit. You want that too? You need to go down this same path and you can achieve that for your life and have that how you want it to look. So every single thing with them is calculated. Every single thing. Oh, for sure. When they're driving their fancy ass Corvette that is like special ground detection shit. Everything that they have is literally just to boister themselves up to be Christ-like, essentially. But, like, everything that Jeff and Shalia do, like, basically puts them as these, like, head of the churches. Like, you think of, like, the mega church, the Joel Osteens. Fucking Gwen we just talked about, yeah. Right. It's all of, like... God is giving to us because we're being so good and we're spreading the right message and they're rewarding us. And and then you go and you be a part of this so you can get it too. This is all just a fucking giant ass pyramid scheme disguised as a religion, which I think is interesting because MLMs are so normalized now. Of course they're religions. 
They've hit every aspect. And they like the pyramid because they can be at the top so easy. Right. Jeff and Shalia took Alice to her base, their basement. And when she was talking about it, I was like, oh, my God, are there people chained down there? Because she's like, the basement and the people. And I was like, <laughs> and then she like diverted a second, like she diverted her sentence to something else. And I was like, um, no, no, go back. What do you mean the people in the basement? But it's they had people who were taking a like a spiritual boot camp from them living in their basement. And it was probably like they moved in and then COVID happened. And so they probably couldn't travel. And if you remember Brianna, um, her mom was Lynn who, and then she had the aunts who were all like, stop being crazy. Her and her twin flame match, Gabe, were living in their basement. Gabe had recently come out as trans and was being guided through the process, or I should say started the process because his coach had told him you should transition. And so Gabe started transitioning. Gabe and Brianna were together. Brianna identifies as straight and liking guys. And when she tells this to Jeff, Jeff simply says, well, he's going to be a guy. Again, this is like really confusing for Lynn because she doesn't know what's going on. And the one difference is, is that Brianna doesn't immediately cut off contact with her mom. And so she's telling her mom because you could just tell that she's probably very like family oriented because she's like telling them all this stuff. But basically they were at the spiritual boot camp so that Gabe could learn to be masculine. They would have him doing masculine tasks like chopping wood and doing those like I am man like I don't know how else to describe it like macho tasks yes and they would have him be doing stuff like that and then they would have Brianna be like cooking and cleaning in the house and basically all the people who were living with Jeff and Shalia were just unpaid labor because it was kind of like well you're staying with us you should cook clean do all of this so Jeff and Shalia are living in this big ass house they have all these people around them and they're just taking care of them maybe One of the people living in the house should have been taking better care of the lawn. I don't know. And so basically, Jeff and Shalia were teaching Gabe his roles as a man in this structure. This is where we meet Jules. She's a historian when it comes to like LGBTQ and specifically trans. And something that was like really interesting to me is like she's like the bare minimum. This is unethical. Bare minimum. Because you're basically matching these heterosexual women up. And being like, you're a man now. You will be a man. That's just who you are. And you're going to transition. And that's it. You have no other choice to be with your twin flame and be happy eternally. You have to do this. And vulnerable people are going to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Brianna reached out to her mom and asked her if her mom was okay or supported her twin flame union with Gabe. And Lynn didn't, I want to say this, like Lynn didn't be like, I don't support this. She's like, I don't understand what's going on. Please help me understand, which is a different approach than most people take with their family. Most people would be like, no, I don't, because they probably don't agree with twin flame universe. They'd be like, no, I don't agree. But she was like, help me understand. And I think Jeff was like, oh, well, she doesn't support. See, that's just she's not supporting you. Cut her off. So Brianna cut off all communication with her mom, which, you know, was really disheartening because, you know, and they had called the police to investigate brainwashing. And so in February of 2020, a detective came to the house and interviewed Jeff and Jeff denies brainwashing. And it's so funny because a sentence he says, I'm just like, duh. Like he was like, how am I brainwashing people to do things against their will? That's what fucking brainwashing is, dude. Mm-hmm. And the cop was like, uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> but they, when they went in and they looked, they could not find actual like coercion because people were like, no, I'm here because I want to be here. I'm here because, you know, and when you have people saying that their hands become tied, right? You can read between the lines. It would take one person within that space to be like, I don't want to be part of this anymore. And then they'd be like, okay, I'm not going to be part of this anymore. But the fact that they were like, no, we want to be here. We're happy. We're doing the things that we want and it makes us happy. There's nothing you can do. So the families, they're really pushing for justice, but they're not really getting anything. And there's not a lot of recourse. And then the documentary kind of like shifts to start talking about divine masculine and divine feminine. So according to Jeff and Shalia, according to their crystals, which is God, everything Everyone, every couple, every union has a divine masculine and a divine feminine, which I'm like bullshit because I know like a lot of couples who are both feminine and I know a lot of couples who are both masculine. And I don't think that's fair to be like to be in harmonious union. You have to be like one of each. That's very like heterosexual ick. But this is how they they feel. And so Jules points out in here, this is just another form of conversion therapy. Yeah. It's just that they don't care about the outward presenting. Like that's the only difference between them and like traditional Christianity and their views on transgenderism and their their view on the LGBT is that this particular sect of whatever of Christianity, quote unquote, doesn't care. But they also like I think Jeff and Shalia are intelligent enough to know that you can't isolate an entire community of people because then they can't give you their money. This brings us to Katrina and Anne. And this to me was like heartbreaking because they had put so much into it. Mind you, Katrina and Anne had come into Twin Flame because they were both in heterosexual relationships. They were both married. I think Anne had been recently divorced and then she realized that she was in love with Katrina. Katrina was like two months pregnant with a baby. And they basically went through Twin Flame universe to kind of confirm that they should be together. They were given the title of harmonious twin flame i think they were like the first people outside of jeff and shalia to get it they you know they were really this big couple in there and they were like the first ones to start coaching you know they were the star couple jeff and shalia are pushing this whole fucking narrative of the divine feminine divine masculine and he asks katrina how she feels about being in a relationship with the divine masculine presenting as a woman and it, you can just kind of see that like her brain went like what it's Anne. it's just Anne. like i love Anne. and you know he was like pressuring Anne because he said that she was a divine masculine and was pressuring her to transition and was really really pushing and especially to change her name which i thought was so fucked okay for one jeff you didn't put much thought behind it you sat there and went and dan that was it he really just like was pressuring her to like accept the name and she was trying to but like it just wasn't like hitting her you know when she even said i haven't really thought about it i need to think like i need to sit with it and he was just like no and that's the thing with jeff if you don't instantly agree with him he throws a tantrum right which this is a big thing like i would be very worried about somebody who Jeff just says to them, you should be a man or you should be a woman, you know, whichever gender you're presenting, switch you. If you aren't already in the mindset of thinking like, I am a trans person and you just agree and are like, okay, let's do this. That worries me. So Jeff was really trying to make Anne the template for conversion. And she was pushing against it. Anne felt that they 
basically had to conform because this was their livelihood. So Katrina and Anne were struggling. They were like, what the fuck do we do? But Anne had no intentions of ever really transitioning. She didn't want to transition to a man. And so Jeff kind of kept pushing and he kept calling her Anne the man, which was so fucking disrespectful. And he kept asking, like, how does it feel to be a man on the inside? And you can just kind of tell that she doesn't believe when she's like, you know, it is just what it is types thing. This is like a big display of power, like saying to someone, change your name, change your identity. It's very abusive. Katrina and Anne wouldn't go with the flow. This pissed off Jeff and Shalia, especially Shalia. She went on to the Twin Flames universe and was like convincing people to do chargebacks on their credit cards for classes they had done with them, basically saying that it was fraud and getting their money back. They cut them off from the community because the way that Jeff and Shalia shun you is basically like a pissed off girl blocking you on Instagram. They're like, no. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're blocked. Yep. Anne and Katrina, the only way they had been making a living was through Twin Flame Universe. And so suddenly it was gone. And this is like how, like, with, like, if we look back at the Remnant Life or Remnant Fellowship Church, it was the same thing. Like, they took away their income. And that's the thing is Jeff and Shalia aren't smart enough to fucking, like, threaten to take away people's income unless you do this. They just do it. And then they lose people. So now Alice is back in Brooklyn and she's wanting to set up a follow-up interview with Jeff and Shalia. And she gets on there and she starts asking the big hitting questions because she's safe at home in her apartment. They can't touch her there in Michigan. And she asks them about like the coercing people to transition. And he's like, absolutely, irrevocably not. We do not do that. She brings up Anne specifically. like, And he was like, nope, that's not true. That's not true. And that that's basically how they were approaching it. Shalia and Jeff were like, no, 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 we didn't. Alice is like, but I fucking saw it. Like I watched the video with my eye and you're like, you need to do this. And if you don't, bad things. She's like, you were basically making her do this. And then you shunned her when she didn't. And we all saw it. And Jeff and they're so in Delulu land that they were just like, "Mm, no. And I mean, it's a great tactic. If you're trying to get out of something, just keep denying. They have strong gaslighting skills. Super strong. (laughs) They whole damn gas company. They (laughs) basically say at the very end of everything at the bottom line is that they're here for unconditional love and it's like no your love is extremely conditioned to 111 dollars minimum a month <laughs> preferably a higher package <laughs> <laughs> try to get this paypal credit card thank you yes get on that go into debt so that we may buy a new porsche thanks tara not gonna write their next their marketing from now on. <laughs> And, you know, and Alice called him out on it and they did not like it. It's interesting because people believe that Shalia is kind of like not participating, that she's just kind of like letting Jeff. But Alice completely believes that she's the spiritual force behind this and that basically Jeff is the mouthpiece to her vision. We meet Megan's friend, Michelle. Megan is Shalia's birth name. And she's like, Megan is a wonderful person. She would never do this stuff. She's a victim. I'm sorry. She hasn't seen her in 20 years. Years. That is so long. Even if she was still a good person and not a fucking cult leader, like she wouldn't be that same person. Right. I am not the same person I was in 2003. Thank God. Oh, thank God. I was 12. Right? Like you think about it. It's like I was in high school. Like I wasn't, I don't want to be that person. Her dad, William, was interviewed and he says she's a complacent participant. I think she sits there when Jeff's like getting all riled up. She's like looking at him like, get it get it. She's so participating. Oh, yeah. See, here's the thing. They both kind of 
realized that they were what they were missing for what they wanted with these kind of schemes. Mm -hmm. She is the one that had all of the spirituality information and knowledge. Mm -hmm. And Jeff is the one that no one can deny he's a charismatic person. He was a fucking like theater kid. Of course, he's going to be great with people. Of course, he's going to be great on camera and things like that. So it's like, obviously not like in Chile. I don't know, because she like just sits there. But it's like, you know what I mean? She may not have had those skills. I don't know if she technically would still at this point. But like, you know what I mean? So it was like, of course, they go hand in hand. She's got just as much responsibility as he does. I think like if you notice online, like because I'll show you like clips of what she's posted in the group. She's much more bully online. Like she's that typical, like I don't interact face to face, but like he's much more aggressive. And I honestly think that if they were both aggressive in the same manner, it would be such a turnoff to people. If they were both that energy, people would be like, fuck them. They balance each other out. Mm-hmm. They balance. At the time of the recording of this or the taping of William's interview, he said that Shalia had sent them an email or a letter four years before. And it was basically just like a diatribe of hatred. And I was like, that is my new favorite sentence ever. He says, when she cuts the world off, she does it with finality. And there's almost a brutalness to it. And he's like, this was really painful. Like that was his daughter. And he basically treats Megan like she's dead. That Shalia is this other person. And he's right. Shalia is a completely different person to the person he knew. So he treats Shalia like she's an alien. His words, not mine. So in the documentary, after they talked to William, they announced the article has come out, the Vanity Fair article. And Alice doesn't hold punches. She calls it a cult. She gets real aggressive with it. I haven't read it. I need to read this article. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jeff writes Alice an email. And it's like a novel. It's so long. Like, she's scrolling through it on camera. And you just see her, like, keep scrolling. And they just, like, do cuts of her, like, while she's reading it because it's so fucking long. Because it's so long. And I think she's, like, trying to find specific points. But, like, like where are they at in the email? It's, like, one is way up here. One's way at the bottom. And he basically... Basically is telling her things like, like, we know you know the truth. We know your editors made you do this this way because you were like here and you saw what was it was really about. And this happened, by the way, in September of 2020. This article came out, which is like weird because people are still joining. <laughs> Even though this article came out. And Jeff writes an article to debunk the Vanity Fair article. And it's 7,000 words. He wrote a whole dissertation on this. Yes. I was literally thinking about it the other day. I was like, I remember in like college having to write like a thousand word essay and it was like a 10 page. It was like so crazy. It was like so many words. I was just like, dear God, he wrote so many, he published an article. And basically it's attacking Vanity Fair and attacking Alice and like their credibility. But like, also you don't look good if you're the cult leader and you write a dissertation to like debunk what people are saying. You should just let it go. Oh my God, I Googled it. So 7,000 words is either 14 pages single spaced or... 28 pages double spaced damn we got a novella going it is but the interesting thing that's happening the vanity fair article comes out jeff's article comes out and prominent members of twin flames universe are like i'm getting the fuck out lorraine who's been throughout this whole thing she's like she left during this time because it was literally an exodus that like people were doing in droves so it's like you couldn't really be punished if you were doing it with everyone else Arcelia did the same thing. She left. She was like, fuck this. I'm out. And Jeff basically, you know, tried to spin it and be like, the people who didn't believe in my word, they can just fuck off. Producers go back to Eric Rogers or like probably at the end of his interview, they have him try to call Jeff. 
he's like, I haven't talked to Jeff since October 1st of 2015 when they left my house. You know, they had cut off all communication with him, like super cold turkey. And they call and they goes to voicemail and he's basically leaving a voicemail pleading for the old Jeff to come back, that he misses him. And I want you guys to not think that like Eric is is delusional and thinking that he knows that the old Jeff is gone. But I think it's like it is helpful for people to to reach out to people like this and be like, dude, I remember when you were like crazy, but you were good crazy. Now you're just hurting people crazy. That was that. It was really sad. Then we flash forward to Lynn and she's talking about it in February of 2021. Brianna reached out to her. Mind you, she'd cut off all connection with her mom, but then she reaches out to her mom and she goes, I'm not happy. I'm not doing well. I want to come home. She's like, me and my puppy, we're going to come home. And she did. Lynn bought her a ticket. They got on a plane. She picked her up at the airport. And I'm not sure when this was recorded, but it's it's a long, deep, like people often think that leaving a cult is like, okay, you leave and suddenly you're good. I think maybe Anne and Katrina might have had that. Like they left and they were like, our lives didn't change much because they got married and they like went on and had like a great life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their situation was like different as far as that because they found each other first. So, you know. Right. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But like, interestingly enough, it's like Brianna was not doing it and she's still like, it's a day to day deep programming. This is the thing. Like I have this too. Sometimes when I think about like my church years, I was so sold on what people were telling me to believe that I went and did things to people for people like and a lot of that programming is still there. It's like that whole like I deal with my therapist all the time talking about guilt and putting other people first. Like I will feel guilty forever for not putting someone else ahead of me. That is how I got into the situation where I almost died. I put someone else's needs ahead of mine and I ignored my own health. This is what's happening. You get caught up in this mind programming unless you get like professional help and there are specific therapists out there who deal with like cult deprogramming, which maybe she needs. It can be really hard because we look at like people who escaped like those really big like fundamentalist cults. Those people like they have to go and get professional counseling. But Lynn and her aunts, Brianna's aunts, are all really hopeful. And I think it's really great because Brianna has a really good support system. Her family could have chosen to be like, see, we told you. But instead, they're like, we love you and we're going to support you and we're going to help you get better. And I'm super happy for Anne and Katrina. Katrina proposed to Anne and they got married. Yeah. And they seem really happy and genuine together. And that's great. But... Twin Flames, even though, like Tara mentioned earlier, it's not existent online anymore, like to be found easily um, outside of probably their like website. Well, what's interesting is their stuff's all still easy to find. And then when I told Ashley about it, when she went and looked too, she was like the Mexico side or the, the other branch of it, like it's still all up there. It's just like the main one. So I'm like, I bet they were just getting a lot of like threats and stuff like that that they didn't want. So maybe they deactivated it. I mean, maybe. Maybe it was mass reporting. Who knows? It can stay gone. Right. The interesting thing, and they bring this up at the end, is that this is a form of therapy in a way. This twin flame universe is a therapeutic way of fighting your soulmate, your twin flame. The really crazy dangerous part of this is they're not credentialed at all. Like, I don't even think they're fucking life coaches. I just really think that these type of people are really dangerous to very vulnerable people because if you are that desperate for answers, if you're that desperate for finding your next, like I can understand like going through a divorce has taught me so much about like my own emotions and being like there are times of like complete and total like 
vulnerability and like longingness and the thing that they say like on this i think lorraine says loneliness is an epidemic and when you find a community like this you're not ever alone because these people are constantly checking on you they're constantly talking to you and they're doing it for money reasons they're talking to you because they know that every time they interact with you the more likely you are to give them more money however when you're receiving it you're receiving it like these people care about me they want good things for me it makes me really sad Yeah. There are probably a lot of people who need really big help in this universe. And I honestly, I'm really surprised that members haven't been killed for their actions. And I I say that because Jeff and Shalia encourage dangerous behavior. Yeah. Like stalk someone. That's a fuck around and find out moment. When you look at like Arcelia's path, like she, her twin flame was a guy she didn't know. She interacted with him online and at the gas station she worked at. What if in real life he was an abusive asshole and she stalked him and he got pissed and he killed her? And then what would Jeff and Shalia have done? Spin it some way, like we said last time. Just fucking spin it some way for their narrative. Like she gave it all for the twin flame. It's that kind of mentality. These people, I'm just, ugh, I hate them. I don't hate often, but I hate people like this because there are so many people out there who just need real genuine love and affection and, and caring. And they probably, here's the thing, these prob- people would have probably found it. They would have probably gone on a dating app. It probably would have sucked for maybe a year. It maybe have sucked for a while, but then they would have found someone and then they wouldn't have been lonely. And yet they joined Twin Flame and they were focused on this one person ignoring the world around them. I mean, Brianna literally lost her job because she was so caught up in twin flames. It's just so sad because people want their approval so much. Jeff and Shalia could get them pretty much to do anything. It's a very dangerous power to have. Mm-hmm. Now we've reached the end of the documentary and we are done with Jeff and Shalia and they can go and stay in their house in Michigan. Literally just stay there. Leave people alone. I mean, I'm glad this came out when it did, too, because what also is worrisome is the fact that with how the economy is and how rough it is for everybody and stuff, you know, more people may have fallen into that or fall into it because they're like, oh, my gosh, I can have a side hustle of being a coach. I just got to get through these courses and then I'll start bringing in money and, you know, that'll help and blah, blah, blah and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? So it's just it's a vicious, vicious cycle. And I'm really happy that I know I've seen some people be like, why did they come out with two? But no, I'm fucking glad they came out with one on Netflix and Amazon because that probably helped reach so much like such a bigger audience. Oh, for sure. But with that, we get to wrap up Twin Flames and never come back. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Okay, we will see you guys back here on Thursday Mm -mm. for another episode. No, we will not be back here on Thursday. Mm -mm. We forgot to mention that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reminder that we are now at our six a month for December. So there will be no episode on Thursday, but we'll be back Monday. Monday. Next week. See you then. Toodles. Bye.